0: You are Locked On MLB,
1: your daily MLB podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. On today's episode, which is being dropped on the 5th day of January 2021, hey, I'm having no problems remembering the year. We are bringing in Gabrielle, the host of Lockdown Red Sox, and Girl at the Game, a regular on the podcast here. And we'll be talking about the, I was going to call them the 2018 World Champion Red Sox, might as well call them the 1918 World Champion Red Sox, because they seem just as relevant. But the Red Sox have had well several interesting people join their organization over the year but they have a unique one who is joining the organization today we're going to talk a little bit about that you can listen to us on the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. You can also listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. And when you're staying at home during this new year that feels eerily similar to the last year, be sure to wear your mask and tell your smart device to play podcasts Locked On MLB. Follow us on Twitter at Pod. If you have anything for the Sunday request, send it to me via Twitter at Sully Baseball or Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. So, hey, new year, Calendar page of flipping. We talked about the Mariners yesterday. That's the team I've been adopting. But what about the team I've grown up watching? That's the Red Sox, and you know who to turn to for all Red Sox info on the Lockdown Podcast Network. That's my dear friend Gabrielle from Girl at the Game and Lockdown Red Sox. How you doing, my friend?
0: I am good, Sully. Thank you. Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year to you as well. So. Look, we all know that the 2020 season is one that Red Sox fans would like to forget. Uh, In fact, it appears that no one on the Red Sox even remembered it was happening while it was going on. Mm -hmm. But the good news is that Mookie Betts was great in the World Series. I was only casually watching, but... Uh, Clearly, Mookie Betts is a Red Sox for life. So I kept hearing he was doing great in the postseason and everything. So obviously, the Red Sox went far because wherever Mookie... Oh, wait. I forgot. I tried to Eternal Sunshine, the Spotless Mind, that trade from my head. I tried to get one of those Men in Black little Neuralizer to erase the Mookie Betts trade. But it happened. It happened. It's real. And we're moving forward. So... Uh, I've made more major moves this off season than the Red Sox have so far. So where are we standing with this team? What the heck is going on? And, you know, even though Alex Cora uh, is coming back, do we have any reason to think that this is a contending team?
0: Um, Probably not, just based <laughs> on... Oh God, you know, I'm trying, I try so hard to be positive because one of the biggest critiques I get is that like, I'm too negative about this team. I don't think I'm negative. I think I'm realistic. You know, I call it like I see it. If they're great, they're great. If they're not great, I still love them, but they're not great. Doesn't mean I don't love them. It means that they're objectively not great. So. I, you know, I went into this offseason with a lot of optimism saying Chaim Bloom only needs to do X, Y, and Z in order to turn this team around. It doesn't have to be a full rebuild if they just upgrade be. the bullpen, upgrade the rotation, re-sign Jack, Jackie Bradley Jr. All of a sudden, and of course, get a manager, which they did. That's like basically the only thing from the offseason to-do list that I made for Chaim Bloom on game.com that he has done is find a manager and other than that we have Hunter Renfro as an acquisition Matt Andrees from the Angels and Rays as an acquisition and other than that pretty much nothing a contract for tendered to Matt Barnes and some other even less impressive bullpen arms and that's pretty much it which is not to say that the entire rest of MLB is doing the most and the Red Sox are just doing nothing most of MLB is doing pretty much nothing I mean I think one of our fellow locked on hosts Lucas noted that his division has cumulatively spent less than two million dollars so far not his team his division the Cardinals and you know talking about whether or not the Cardinals can, you know, be the front runner for their division next year. And he noted that very low spending number. So, you know, we've seen this trend over the last few years, at least of MLB teams waiting longer and longer into the off season to make moves, trying to get free agents to sweat it out a little bit and take less money, which of course is a terrible, terrible look for billionaires, but say lobby. And the Red Sox are no stranger to that. I mean, J.D. Martinez was late to 2018 spring training because they hadn't finalized his contract with the Red Sox. This is nothing new. And coming off of a season where there were no fans allowed in the stands and the teams lost millions of dollars, it's not surprising that most teams are hesitant to spend money. Though, in my way of thinking, I would actually look at it the opposite if I was a team and I could afford to spend, which the Red Sox can, because they are one of the wealthiest teams in all of pro sports, not just baseball. I would say the fastest way to get butts back in the seats when those butts are allowed in the, in the seats would be to build a compelling, contending team that Red Sox fans actually want to watch. Because you know what fans aren't going to want to do after a pandemic that costs them money that they, unlike their teams, cannot afford? to lose. No Red Sox fan is going to want to pay to go to Fenway park to see a last place crap hole team, but you know what they will pay to go see a good team. That's just
1: seems like logic to
0: me, right? Sully.
1: Yeah. And I'll tell you something. The, I've been making the big short references on the show. Also the end of trading places when everyone goes one way and someone gets really rich By shorting it, I don't quite understand how any of that financial stuff works, but it's basically everyone's going one way, you bet the other way and win. And it seems to me that we're living in a universe where the San Diego Padres have figured that out, that they're saying, hey, if nobody's spending, no one's making these big moves, then we can bring in these players. And all of a sudden, there's all this buzz about the super team that San Diego of all clubs are slapping together. And you take a look at, you now Now look at, uh, as I did the suffering index a few days ago, you know, Red Sox fans have had two World Series titles in the 2000s, two World Series titles in the 2010s. Red Sox fans don't have a lot to complain about in terms of recent victories and championships. That being said, they shouldn't act like penny pinchers while the, Padres are acting like Scrooge McDuck I mean it's it still to this day boggles my mind that they got a generational talent MVP homegrown player and shipped them off so they can save a couple of bucks uh in a for their taxes when we all know John Henry's about to embark in a multi-billion dollar project and the amount of money he would have to pay for taxes would be the equivalent of us going to Whole Foods instead of Trader Joe's. So the it, that drives me bananas when you see people doing that. Um, I, I, I will say that the Red Sox, because they're in a division where I think the Rays are, you know, retooling, the Orioles stink. I'm not 100% sure what the Yankees are doing in their starting rotation outside of Garrett Cole right now. Uh, and the Blue Jays are good, but hardly the 1993 Blue Jays. This is a winnable division if they knuckle down and get two decent starters and two decent relievers, in my humble opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, I said it even before the parts of the off season that we've seen shake out shook out. Like I said, this the first week of our off season, which of course was still the playoffs for a large portion of MLB due to an even more expanded postseason than usual. I said they could be a wild card team in twenty twenty one because Absolutely. because the thing is, when they were in in twenty nineteen, they just needed some upgrades that they didn't make because. Dombrowski handed out big fat checks to Chris Sale and Nathan Avaldi, and even some people would like to complain about Steve Pierce getting like six million dollars I mean that's such a small percentage of the of the Red Sox pile of money as to use your Scrooge McDuck example but then all of a sudden John Henry's like actually wait no more spending and he's like okay but Joe Kelly and Craig Campbell just left and we have no closer. And they were lucky that Brandon Workman for one year turned out to be like surprisingly the best closer in baseball. But this is a team that still has so much of that core from 2018. It's not like they shipped everybody off a la of the 90s Marlins. And it's mm-hmm. not like it's not like they're the Rays who just traded Blake Snell after he gets them to game six of the World Series and then gets pulled by Kevin Cash. These are – this is a team that, like you said, now more than when I made that to-do list for Chaim Bloom could be second yeah. place in the division because the Yankees are doing God knows what with DJ LeMahieu, and now it looks like he might end up with the Dodgers. They let – they Tanaka is a free agent. Paxton is a free agent. It's unlikely that either of them go back. And, yeah, I
1: mean, I don't know who their number two starter is going to be. No, I, I, mean, exactly. if, I mean, it's – Especially, you know, Severino is, is – you don't know what he's going to be when he comes back from his Tommy John surgery. And, you know, I mean, they – I mean, they're not – I mean, I still think the Yankees are probably the team to beat in the American League East, but this is not the 98 Yankees we're looking at here. This is a yeah. winnable winnable division. Now, Red Sox fans can relax because they've finally made – and I'm just reading this now on uh, – mm-hmm trade rumors they signed right-hander daniel gossett who has missed the last two seasons because of tommy john surgery and was not an effective pitcher for oakland has not pitched since 2018 he's 28 years old but um you know i wrote he, about uh, him today he, yeah he's a 591 era over uh 23 starts and so i mean look at when you make acquisitions like that it's like when the Braves signed Maddox all those years ago. It's like, you know, you pencil in 20 wins and you know what you're going to get out of Daniel Gossett. <laughs> I think they're better off with uh, Academy Award winner Lou Gossett Jr. But uh, either way, um, it's it's bizarre to see the, you know, the Padres signed uh, Haseon Kim along with acquiring uh, Darvish, along with acquiring... Snell, a year removed from acquiring Machado, and the emergence of Tatis Jr. and Hosmer—it's like they're the, you know, I mean, Don maybe Don Orsillo turned out that he went to the winner.
0: Yeah. And you know it's funny that you mentioned Hassan King because on January seventh, which is Thursday, I believe—I don't remember what days are anymore—but um, days
1: days are irrelevant now. There are no right, more right. So
0: days live. are irrelevant, but whatever, whenever January seventh happens to happen, Tomoyuki Sugano from Japan's baseball league will. Announce which team he has chosen because he was posted by the Omiri Giants last month. And the Red Sox reportedly were one of the teams that were very interested in him and made a big pitch to him. And supposedly they enlisted Dice K to reach out to him because Dice K loved his time in Boston and actually still lives part of the time in Brookline, Massachusetts, where I'm from. Mm -hmm. So apparently he will he has you know, a month to make his decision after make the teams all made their proposals to him the same way Shohei Otani a few years ago. And he has won the Japanese equivalent of the Cy Young twice. He's 31 years old, and he'll probably command an average annual value of about $10 million, which is very affordable for this Red Sox team, which currently has a payroll of about $160 million maybe even less if Dustin Pedroia finally announces that he's retiring. Um, but the Red Sox have money to spend, and they need starting pitching. And like you said with Severino, likewise, the Red Sox can't cap on Chris Sale. And the other thing to note is that Eduardo Rodriguez, his recovery from myocarditis is very, very carefully structured. So what that means is that if he, in any time during his recovery, ramp up doesn't feel well or there are any signs of you know inflammation or anything he has to be shut down immediately so all of these people who are like oh yeah he's going to be back opening day eddie 20 wins blah blah blah. like you know like the typical boston chowder head like going off at cask and flag that's i the most ideal utopian situation that we're talking about here but I don't want to be a downer, but we have to really, really temper our expectations for both Chris Sale and Eduardo Rodriguez because Sale won't be ready until probably June based on the timeline for his Tommy John, which he had in March of last year. And Eduardo Rodriguez, God forbid, something is not quite right and he's just not ready or maybe he's not ready ever. And so people are acting like the Red Sox have a full starting rotation. And they blatantly don't. And this is to say nothing of the fact that Nathan avaldi gets hurt every single year and has already had two Tommy Johns. Tanner Houck has made three career MLB starts. So currently, the most reliable part of your starting rotation is Nick Pavetta and Tanner Houck. And that is not reliable to me at all.
1: Well, let me tell you something. Listening to that starting rotation, you know, it is not a sure bet that to look at this Red Sox Rotation. I just got to say. But when I talk about sure bets, that's when I go to betonline.ag. Because I'll tell you, it's going to be the football playoffs, right? The Browns are in it. The Bills are in it. And what better bet is there in history than to bet on the Browns or the Bills in the big game? Now, look, there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. And that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action and don't forget to use the promo code. What's that promo code? That promo code is LOCKEDON. To receive 50% off your welcome bonus with your first deposit, go to BetOnline, You're online sports book expert. Now look at Gabrielle. Let me ask you a question here. Do you go to chain stores for your car needs?
0: No, of course not. They don't carry all the products that you need, and they charge way more.
1: I know. Look, they have different prices for professional mechanics or do-it-yourselfers like us, let me tell you something. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like those airlines do. BrockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Now, just just everyone just sit down and listen to me. BrockAuto.com has everything from engine control modules, which I don't even know what those are, and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that are available for your car or truck and write Locked On in there. How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessy game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q, handicapping expert Lee Sterling get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers subscribe to the locked on bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get your podcasts well we're here with Gabrielle from locked on Red Sox from girl at the game and let me tell you something we've been talking about the bad news with the Red Sox let's talk about some good news with the Red Sox about who did they bring into to the organization they brought in Bianca Smith, who is going to be the first African American woman to coach in, well, in affiliated professional baseball history, and she's going to be doing it for the Red Sox. So, let's talk a little bit about that. My new minor league coach for the Red Sox, Bianca Smith, breaking a little bit of the glass ceiling. What do you thought? What are your thoughts on this?
0: I mean, I think it's amazing. For starters, the Red Sox like you said, not a lot of good news for this team. And it is just such a breath of fresh air to see them embracing change. Um, Obviously hiring women who are more than deserving of the post. And especially in a year that has seen teams like the Cubs and the Yankees adding women to their minor league staff. And then of course, Kim Ang getting hired as the GM of the Marlins. It's kind of actually a great year to be a woman in sports, even when this has been one of the worst years in the history of humanity, women in sports are on the rise. And that's amazing to see. And I'm just gonna get on my little soapbox for a second because I'm sure, and I say I'm sure because I've seen the comments on the Red Sox tweets. There are people who are saying to Bianca Smith, get in the kitchen. You didn't get it because you deserved it. You only got it because you're a woman and because you're black, like all of these awful racist, sexist, you know, uneducated things said by people who couldn't even make their high school JV team. Mm -hmm. Bianca Smith is 29 years old. She is the assistant coach and hitting coordinator at Carroll University in Wisconsin, and she has had that role since 2018. And before that, she was at Case Western Reserve University as the director of baseball operations from 2013 to 2017. She was an assistant coach at the University of Dallas in 2018 as well, and she played softball at Dartmouth College, where she graduated in 2012. So she has a strong background in baseball, specifically in the analytics side, but also she played softball. And she runs all of the technology stuff for Carol because she is the hitting coordinator there. So she knows her stuff. And she also has interned in Major League Baseball. She interned in the baseball ops departments for the Rangers and the Reds. This is a woman who has been around the game for a long time. She has gotten experience at different facets of the game she has worked in different aspects she has the experience she's clearly passionate she deserves this job it doesn't have to do with her being a woman and it doesn't have to do with the color of her skin it's the fact that she is experienced for this job the same way kim Ng was experienced in 2005 when she first interviewed for a gm job and it took her 15 years to get one this is a person who deserves the job that they're getting The the one last thing I'll say about it that makes me really happy is that obviously the Red Sox will be forever known as the last team to sign a black player. Pumpsy Green in 1959 made his major league debut and it was the final integration of a team in major league baseball. And that is a shameful stain on Red Sox franchise history and nothing will ever make that go away. But we have seen over the last Two years or so, the Red Sox making a staunch commitment to writing a new chapter that obviously won't erase what happened in the past, but will show that they are on a new path forward. And that started with them changing the name of Yaqui Way. It was I was impressed with the transparency they showed when they addressed Tori Hunter earlier this year by saying, if you don't believe this, if you're saying Tori Hunter didn't do this, guess what? Take it from us. It happens. They said that on their Twitter page. We've never seen that level of transparency from them before. And now they are the first team to hire a black woman coach in Major League Baseball. So I actually believe them when they say that they are committed to moving forward and writing a new chapter because they hired an experienced person and they were the first team to do it. And and, and, that- and I'll just
1: say, and when people complain about like why she, you know, where's her major league experience, where was Theo Epstein's major league experience? Um, did, was he a player? Did I, did I miss that? Did I miss that? No one seemed to say anything about that or Dombrowski. And in terms of like being in the manager of coaching staff, Let me throw you two names right now. Buddy Bell was a multiple all-star, long career as a player from a baseball family. Alan Trammell is in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Those two were two of the worst managers I've ever seen. (laughs) Their teams were terrible, constantly losing, and they were both looked like they were uh, Mr. Magoo as a manager and if you ever want to see someone muck up a team a super talented team as a manager i mean don mattingly as my father said when we watched the giants dodger game when he was the manager of the dodgers and i was saying well the dodgers look good this year the Dodgers looks good and my dad turned to me and says never forget the dodgers are managed by an idiot and there are plenty of people with all the resume that they talk about and yet fall flat on their face and there are plenty of people without major league experience that hey guess what they turn out to be really really great at their job so why don't you realize that if someone got to this level despite all this criticism despite all this scrutiny then they're probably are tougher than you will ever be on your toughest day so if that is your opinion and if that is your opinion that she doesn't deserve it for this that, or the other thing guess what shut your pie hole You're wrong. Aren't you tired of being wrong all the time? Wipe the Cheetos off your chest. So I think this is a great day. And I think it's wonderful that while the Red Sox do have a a really embarrassing legacy in the past, the best way to deal with a shameful legacy in the past is to write better chapters in the future. you You can't erase the past, but you can create a new future. And I'm all for this. I'm absolutely, absolutely for this, and I just hope, I just hope Tom Yonke is looking up from where he is and hates every minute of this, because that's a glory. Anything that Tom Yonke would hate, I think is good. I think that's, that's kind of how I go through life. Well, look, at you are good, and you are once again on the show, and as always, it's a blast to have you here. So, Gabrielle, where can people follow you all over the interwebs?
0: Well, Sully, thank you so much for having me as always. And you, of course, can tell we can tell your listeners that you're also going to be on Locked on Red Sox this week talking to me about these things and more, because, of course, we talked a lot of Red Sox on your pod, but my pod is all Red Sox all the time. So you'll be on there. Make sure to tune into that. You can follow me on Twitter at GFSTARR1. You can follow Locked on Red Sox at LO underscore Red Sox. And, of course, check out Locked on MLB Pods, which is where you can find all of the amazing MLB-centric shows on the wonderful Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.
1: And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked on MLB Pod. And if you have anything you want me to talk about the Sunday request. By the way, we've got a really cool Uh, What If Wednesday, coming up tomorrow, we're going to talk a little bit about the history of the Giants and the A's and how things completely changed and that we can still feel the effects of these changes that happened to these two teams in the mid-1930s, the trajectory those two teams went on. Between nineteen thirty three and nineteen thirty-six are still felt today in the history of the A's and the Giants. Don't understand what I mean? Then listen to tomorrow's episode of Lockdown MLB. But this has been Lockdown MLB for the fifth day of January twenty twenty one. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.